Hi everyone, welcome to your San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Dr. Seuss books are known around the world, and they hold a special place in San Diego history because the author is from La Jolla. Yesterday, the Seuss Foundation announced it will discontinue six books because they contain racist content. We'll talk to John Wilkins about that. Then we asked UT readers whether student loan debt should be canceled. A lot of people had a lot of opinions about that, and our letters editor, Andrew Kleski, will share with us what they said. First, the news. The San Diego County Board of Supervisors voted unanimously Tuesday to make phone calls free in county jails and juvenile detention centers. Roughly $2.8 million a year in fees from calls go to the San Diego County Sheriff's Department, so the vote also requests that county staff identify new sources of funding. Supervisor Tara Lawson-Reamer introduced the proposal. San Diego is the second county in California to take this action following San Francisco. Judges, some criminal defense lawyers, and court employees can now get the COVID-19 vaccine in San Diego County. The decision came late last week when the county decided the workers would be included in the category of emergency services. The decision means more than 2,000 county employees are now eligible to get the vaccine. It also includes federal court workers. San Diego State University has received a $14 million donation to its Department of Astronomy. The program is small but has made big contributions in recent years in finding and studying planets outside of the solar system. The gift is the largest ever made to SDSU's astronomy department. It came in the form of a stock investment bequest from the late Theodore William Booth and his wife, the late Nyung Lu Booth, an alumna of the College of Sciences. Decades after being written, many Dr. Seuss books still hold their appeal. Titles like Green Eggs and Ham, The Cat and the Hat, and One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish are still bestsellers to this day. But now, six Dr. Seuss books will be taken off the shelves because they contain racist content. Theodore Seuss Geisel was from La Jolla, and Seuss Enterprises is based here in San Diego. The company announced the decision Tuesday on what would have been the late author's birthday. UT staff writer John Wilkins has been following the issue. John, what are some of the titles being retired, and what sorts of racist imagery do they contain? Well, so there, there are six books. Uh, most of them are pretty early in his career. So it includes the very first book that he published in 1937, uh, to think that it's, I saw it on Mulberry Street. Um, and then uh, the other one that people may be familiar with is called uh, If I Ran the Zoo. Um, and uh, both have, have wording and uh, illustrations that are kind of jaw-dropping if you see them in this day and age. I mean, images of uh, Asian characters with slanted eyes, carrying chopsticks, wearing pointed hats, um, images of African uh, characters who are, aren't wearing shirts, aren't wearing shoes, have nose rings, um, in some people's opinions kind of look like monkeys. So, um, you know, it's, it's stuff that uh, we would recognize instantly as being uh, racist uh, stereotypes. Are there other books that are similarly being criticized or are the ones you know, remaining considered okay? Well, I mean, I think it's evolving. I, I, it'll be interesting to see if, for example, Cat in the Hat eventually gets caught up in some of this discussion because there's, um, there's a, a couple of scholars who will trace the Cat in the Hat, some of the Cat in the Hat imagery to blackface minstrel uh, shows, uh, which uh, you know are problematic for a lot of reasons. So. So far, Cat in the Hat has not been um, 
uh, caught up in the same way that uh, some of the other books have. And Mulberry especially became a problem because um, uh, became a well-known problem because uh, Seuss Enterprises and uh, the Dr. Seuss Museum back in Springfield, Massachusetts used some of the same characters that we just talked about uh, in a mural at the museum, uh, which caught a lot of people's eyes uh, when it opened about three years ago um, and led to uh, the Seuss Enterprises uh, deciding to take that mural down. So that book became fairly well known for that um, problem and I think uh, generated some discussion of some of the other books. And to be honest with you, the, some of the books are not well known by me. So for example, I don't know what got McGillicott's Pool into trouble. That's a book from like the 1940s, I think. Um, so uh, I don't know if the Seuss Enterprises will ever issue any kind of report that says these are the specific reasons why we decided to pull these books. But um, I, I, I can't help but think that maybe one of the reasons why they focused on these was because these are books that maybe people won't miss all that much. They're just not all that well known. You wrote about this issue in 2017, and now years later, the company has decided to retire these titles. Why now? What happened between now and then? Well, the, the, their explanation is they convened a, a group of panels, a, a panel, a group of experts that included some educators um, who took a look at the whole catalog and discussed a bunch of issues and actually decided late last year uh, to pull these six books uh, from future publication. And I think they waited to announce it on Tuesday, which is Dr. Seuss's birthday, um, as a way to kind of, kind of suggest that he would have been okay with this. Um, you know, he was somebody who uh, evolved in his own thinking on these issues over the years, uh, particularly when it came to some of the editorial cartoons he did during World War II for a newspaper in New York. He came to regret some of the imagery associated with those cartoons, which were, um, quite aggressively anti-Japanese and used some of the same stereotypes uh, in terms of uh, the facial features. Um, he came to regret that. A lot of people see his, his later book, Horton Hears a Who, as an apology to the Japanese. It was dedicated to a Japanese friend. Um, so he did, you know, he did try to evolve on those. So um, I think Seuss Enterprises has positioned this issue in the way to say that Dr. Seuss would have been okay with this conversation and they were okay with uh, making the announcement on his birthday, not at first blush what you would consider uh, handing to somebody as a birthday present, hey, we're gonna ban six of your books. Theodore Geisel and his wife, Audrey, have such deep ties to San Diego. What has the local reaction been? How, how are people taking this? Well, I, I received a number of emails uh, uh, yesterday and today from readers who mostly are um, uh, disappointed in the decision. Uh, they, they tend to see it as part of the so-called cancel culture that they bemoan going on in different places. Um, I did receive uh, uh, email uh, from somebody who who welcomed the move. You know, saw it as a saw it as a good sign that you know somebody is willing to take a look at uh, things that happened in the past and maybe reassess them in the light of today's uh, understanding of, of these kinds of things. UT reporter Gary Robbins yesterday created a poll uh, asking if the iconic Geisel Library on the UC San Diego campus should be renamed. Is the university considering that? I haven't talked to him. I'm sorry, Gary might be the best person to talk to about that. I mean, the library is named for both Geisels, um, and it's a nod to, uh, I suspect, both to the money that they contributed 
to the university uh, and the library over the years, and also to the fact that uh, probably the most important uh, uh, archive of Dr. Seuss and Ted Geisel uh, papers and uh, related items are housed at the are housed at the library and a great repository of uh, information for researchers who are trying to better understand uh, what Dr. Seuss created and how he did it. You mentioned the cat in the hat and other titles might come under more scrutiny. Is there a timeline for that? I haven't heard of one. The statement that uh, Seuss Enterprises issued yesterday made it sound as if this was part of an ongoing process to make sure that the, that the catalog, Dr. Seuss catalog, and you know, the various things that get spun off from that catalog, we've seen any number of movies and plays and other things uh, that are based on Dr. Seuss characters come down the pike over the years. So, you know, it made it sound as if they wanna make sure that whatever things they, they uh, produce and license in the years moving forward are, are sensitive and inclusive. Now let's turn to opinion. Each week, the Union Tribune Ideas and Opinion section asks readers to weigh in on a topic that's been in the news. The feature is called Your Say, and writers have 500 words to make their case. This week's question touched a nerve and got a ton of responses. Andrew Kleski is our reader engagement editor, and he edits Your Say. Andrew, what was the topic this week? Well, there's a lot of discussion going on in Washington right now about what to do about student loan debt. It's, uh, it's a big problem in this country. A lot of people face a lot of challenges, particularly when they get out of college uh, during a pandemic and uh, they're having trouble finding jobs. Uh, so of course, somebody would like them to pay their student loan back. And uh, a lot of people are finding challenges doing that. And then the debt is really mounting. So the discussion is student loan forgiveness. And we asked our readers to write short essays on whether they think that's a good idea or not. And we got a we got a good mixture. We got some people saying, yes, obviously, we should just eliminate all student debt today. You know, nobody has any debt anymore. Of course, that's a little unrealistic. We've got people saying, not at all, not one penny. We if if you made a if you made a deal with a bank and the government to get a student loan, you should pay back every every penny of it. And then we got some people in the middle who said there've got to be some intelligent solutions whereby people can either have the government help them refinance their student loans, or uh, in the case of bankruptcy, uh, your bankruptcy is the one area where student loans apparently don't qualify at all. So uh, maybe that should be changed. Um, and we had, we had other ideas about ways people could work with their student loans and work with their lenders outside of the student loan system. Interest rates are just ridiculously low right now. And if people are having trouble paying back a, you know, 4.5% student loan, uh, there are banks out there that certainly would be willing to help you refinance that as a personal loan and pay it off. So there's all sorts of smart options that people are submitting. For people who suggest that student loan debt should just be wiped out entirely, do they also write about how we might make up for that, that lost money? No, it's 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 somewhat idealistic, and I can appreciate the 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 thought. Um, but you know, money is not something you can just erase unless you know the federal government can always print more. But for the rest of us, money's kind of a real thing. And if you're an institution that has lended money, 
you'd certainly like to get your money back. And if you're a taxpayer that's paying into the system, you'd like to know that your money is going to something other than paying off someone else's student loan. I think that's one of the biggest frustrations we've gotten from some of our readers was, uh, you know, I put my kids through college, they paid off their student loans, I scrimped and saved, I worked extra jobs, you know. So it's both people who paid off their children's student loans, people who have paid off their own student loans, who are saying, you know, I had to pay my debts, I think people should pay their debts. But then of course, you have people on the other side that recognize that an, a well-educated population is great for the country, it's great for the economy, and playing hardball with people over their student debts uh, doesn't necessarily serve the best interests of the whole country. So it's it's a good discussion to have. Yeah, really interesting range there. I look forward to reading that. So, so what is the your say question for this week? Well, we've got the anniversary of the California lockdown for the pandemic coming up in the middle of the month. And there's a lot of different people's ideas about what that has meant to them personally, what that has meant to the state, what that has meant to the federal government. So we're still kind of toying with an idea of what that anniversary question should be. Right now we're leaning towards asking, uh, what do you think we've learned as a nation, as a state, and personally, what do you think came out of this? We've asked questions like that over the past year, and the more popular ones were questions that asked personal questions, such as, uh, you know, how has this affected you, or how are you coping with this crisis? So we may lean a little bit more towards that, but right now I'm really curious to hear what people think of the way the state has handled it, the way the city has handled it, the way the federal government has handled it, uh, because it really is a mixed bag out there. You've got the state of Texas and the state of Mississippi uh, just throwing away all the all the uh, precautions to, uh, just yesterday. Um, the, the CDC is saying that doesn't sound like such a hot idea. The White House says that doesn't sound like such a hot idea. Um, you've got places in California are now reopening uh, to indoor dining. And uh, I don't know, there's, there's some who think that's a great idea. I personally am gonna wait just a little bit longer before I go eat inside a restaurant as opposed to house, outside on the patio. So hopefully we get some good responses to that question. Yeah, looking forward to that one too. When you think back on your year, just personally, what is something that, that has stuck with you? Well, for me, it's obvious because I've got two daughters that I literally have not hugged in about a year, mm -hmm. which is super hard as a father. I mean, I get to see them, they visit, and we hang out in the backyard every once in a while. But uh, the fact that you can't, you know, sit down at the, family dinner table and have a conversation with them and give them a hug when they when they head home. That's, that's hard. I'm looking forward to being a dad again. Yes. More hugs 2021. Hopefully vaccines are just around the corner. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. You're welcome. You can reach Andrew at letters at sduniontribune.com, and I will let you know when we have final wording on the pandemic question. Thanks again for listening to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. See you tomorrow.